Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio Advocacy and Gospel News for the Persecuted Church. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. Warren Radio Advocacy Broadcast for the Persecuted Church is a fast-moving gospel news program. And all correspondence and inquiries of the WIBR Warren Radio Network can be sent to us through our contact page on warren-usa.com. Today is Wednesday, the 22nd day of January, 2020. And the scripture reading this week is Exodus chapter 6, starting at verse 2 through chapter 9, verse 35. Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 25 through chapter 29, verse 21. And the New Testament portion is Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 24. You can follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter at hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. On LinkedIn, find us by hashtag Watchman and join us on USA.live or MeWe, that's M-E-W-E, at hashtag Warren Radio. Warren Radio Network is also available through these carriers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and also Deezer. Please take time to read the pertinent articles by the Watchmen. They're um, important to read as they apply to this day and age we're living in. This week we feature Noah Found Grace and So Can You. Noah found grace, and in these end of days, our Lord warned to not be deceived. It is paramount to understand the last days. Yet in these last days, the Lord Jesus Christ reminded us that these days would be like under the days of Noah. In the day of evil and judgment, God looked on Noah with favor. Today, you can find that favor. Also, God's overcoming grace for perilous times. God's overcoming grace is understood as his favor toward us. Here in the end of days, we find perilous times. A person or a family can face personal challenges so great that it would break them. However, there is a source of favor towards us in challenging times as these. And now I welcome in the watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at 
warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Dana, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. We are here on another Wednesday. You know, we're, what, 75% through the month? We got nine days left. What is that? That's almost uh, two-thirds of the way, a little more than two-thirds. About that. That's unbelievable how fast it goes. It I know. Totally it totally amazes me every day. It does. You're listening to our advocacy for the persecuted church report. And uh, tonight we are going to start off talking about Kenya. Three Christian teachers in Garissa, Kenya. They were killed by Al-Shabaab. We've reported on Al-Shabaab a lot We find them in a lot of different places. But the armed militants, of course, which these kind of people are, and uh, even in Nigeria where they captured a bunch of of schoolgirls. And that's how Leah Sherbu, which we have a report on, uh, was captured. You know, these uh, tough militants who... uh, believe in making war, spend their time kidnapping, getting money, and going back and attacking uh, these uh, schools. If there was a greater damnation for a group of thugs, this is, you know, about about the cap. When you are some fighter and you attack these schools and kill the teachers, of course... Now, Robert Kabutu was a teacher who resides outside of the residential area, and he said of this, my fellow teachers were fatally shot by an unknown number of suspected Al-Shabaab militia. They had stormed the primary school early this morning, he says, leaving one severely injured by two gunshots. And uh, he said we are sad and at the same time scared because we are targeted for being non-local government workers that belong to the Christian faith. According to the region's security head, one local teacher was taken away by the militants and a non-local female nurse was spared due to her gender. Security forces, of course, were warning of a potential attack in the coming days. It marks the the deadliest number of forces of its forces in El Ad Somalia on January um, 15, 2016, when they lost uh, a huge amount of um, people. It, says it marks the deadliest murder of its forces. And that was, uh, you know, four years ago almost. Yeah. Well, at any rate, the 15th marked the anniversary of that, and that's why they attacked. Of course, the thing that's irritating, the security intelligence agencies warn of this, and that seems to make it okay for some reason. The governments never seem to stop these people. 
it's beyond me why in Kenya and Nigeria and other places we find these knuckleheads that someone can't find them, kill them, and get rid of them. Well, I, need, I know. They need to be gone. They need to. Just shoot them, get done with it. But it's easier said than done, apparently, as we've seen for many, many years. And they keep doing the same thing, and they keep existing out there in the middle of nowhere. And one of the worst, I think, is Nigeria. It's been, especially now with uh, the Fulani joining in with Boko Haram. And uh, we do have a report out of Nigeria coming right away. Now, we reported on this, didn't we, Tower? Yes. Last week, we reported on um, Boko Haram. They uh, kidnapped a pastor. He was a senior pastor. And um, his name was is was Lawan Andemi. And he was a senior member of the Christian Association of Nigeria. Yesterday, he was beheaded by Boko Haram. And he's the one that told his family, it's God's will. Don't be upset. We will be joined again. And this is just a tragic incident that he was murdered. He leaves behind a wife and seven children. So... um, and also, um, last week, CSW called on the UK government to hold talks with the Nigerian President Buhari during his visit this week in light of a spike of violence and ab- abductions in his country. So I don't know if they talked to him this week or. Any, if anything's going to get done, but something needs to be done in Nigeria, we just hear every week horrific stories coming out of there of the Christians being slaughtered, and it's just gut-wrenching. It's just more than you want to hear. It's just, it's horrible. Well, you know, when it comes to Nigeria, uh, of course, there was Jonathan Goodluck Johnson, who was president. He was he was a Christian, and yet he couldn't stop uh, Boko Haram, and that was before the Fulani got in there. But then rumors had it that Boko Haram went down and got a hold of the local Fulani there and told them what they needed to be doing and trained a few of them. So the Fulani now have hundreds of Christian deaths on their hands, and uh, Buhari is a Fulani, and so Buhari has not... Uh, been so inclined to stop his own people from murdering Christians. Uh, Kenya hasn't been able to do it either. So you wonder if anybody in Africa cares one whit besides the people who are mourning these people. And to lose a pastor like this guy is absolutely devastating, not only to the family, but to the flock. But, you know, Revelation 12:11 specifically says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. This man is martyred. He is under the throne. His spirit is. And he's one of the ones 
that yes, is amen. represented in that Revelation 12:11 being under the throne, or um, that's where it talks about it. But it, it, uh, you know, the thing we're talking about, Revelation 12:11, they overcame. But there's another scripture in there that talks about them appealing to the Lord. This is in uh, the seals. Uh, I think Revelation chapter six, where they cry out to the Lord for for avenging their blood, and He said to wait a little longer till those who were going to be, uh, you know, killed, uh, are fulfilled. And so, uh, this is one of those things we hate to see. This I I absolutely oh, you know hate amen. to see the of these blood this blood. I hate to see these these godly leaders get shot down or you know, destroyed, but uh, behind them. And this is the feeling in a lot of areas, just like in China with their breakdown. Um, even, uh, you know, as Wang Yi has uh, been put in prison and their large church shut down, there were other pastors who've been arrested and they just pointedly say that the Lord will raise up someone else. They're not going to lose the beat. And so, uh, if you really do follow the Lord and you are a disciple, then you believe and you know that when you're gone, the Lord will raise up someone else, some way, somehow. Well, I believe that. But Yeah, so do I. And now these are uh, just short stories. Another one we wanted to tell you about, and Tower will tell you a little bit, and that is Leah Sherabu. Uh, she's another one that is con- uh, taken uh, in Nigeria from those, uh, uh, the school there. Tower, go ahead. Um, I'm not sure where it's at. I don't see it. Yeah, it's right below your Boko Haram. Oh, okay. Um, there was uh, five aid workers released on uh, January 15th. And they had said that Leah Sherabu, the 16-year-old schoolgirl abducted from her school in northwest Nigeria in February 2018, is alive and well. Uh, Jennifer Samuel, who works for Action for International Medical Alliance, was abducted on September, on November, sorry, December 22nd this last year, last month. Um, when she was traveling, and the terrorists spoke in English as they proliferate, profiled travelers and executed several of them. Also abducted were her colleagues and uh, a Solidary International employee uh, from China, private security guards who survived by tr- pretending to work for the international Organization for Migration and the Red Cross. So all five of these people were released following negotiations with the LAIMA, and it remains unclear whether a ransom was paid. But Leah Sherabu was the sole Christian among 110 schoolgirls that was abducted. While the surviving classmates returned a month later following government negotiations, she was denied her freedom for refusing to convert as a precondition for her release. So it's good to know that she's alive and well. Well, she is. It's just too bad she's still there. Yeah. And uh, the fact that she is alive uh, 
that speaks good. But uh, yes, you know, Nigeria highly. She's still in a highly dangerous situation. Well, years ago, when Jonathan Goodluck Johnson was as president. Boko Haram was not known as the Islamic State. They adapted Islamic State State when the I, ISIS, as we know it, was so prolific in the Middle East and doing so well. And so after they finally got destroyed, uh, you know, well, before they got destroyed, is uh, the Boko Haram had adapted uh, this theology of the Islamic State and declared that they would make um, Nigeria into an Islamic state. So that's what they were working on. And then uh, Jonathan Goodluck Johnson could not get it done. He was defeated in election and Bahari came on swearing he would do something. He even said he would, he would get Leah Sherabu out. He hasn't done anything. He said he would do something about the Fulani. He's done nothing that we know of. Um, but, uh, you know, the bottom line of it is, as I've said before, a Nigerian army itself is not as well financed as even a lot of these uh, Islamic State warriors because they get all their money illegally and immorally. And uh, they're also in the drug trade and they do anything they can to get money in order to fight the Nigerian government. And their goal is to totally take over Nigeria, to totally destroy this government. And uh, unless you destroy these knuckleheads, they're going to continue. So uh, this is this is the situation that you have even in Kenya throughout Africa. And one of the reasons you have that is because Africans from the beginning of time practically have always been in tribal groups. They've always been warring, even during the time of slavery, when slave ships went from Africa. Many of these slaves had been captured by other uh, black tribes when they were making war and they took their enemies and sold them to the white slavers in order to get money to go back and continue their war. They've always warred. Uh, so that that's about the way it is. But uh, we are we do have a couple of other little shorts. Uh, we're talking about uh, Indonesia, and uh, you know there's so many of these places that just absolutely. When you talk about you know finding a place where you're safe, it is hard to find and we just got over the holiday season and one of the worst times for christians in a lot of these places especially in india and pakistan and other areas is when when normally it used to be that christians could celebrate christmas without much problem but today they can't and it's dangerous and in india for instance they're targeted well uh, last Christmas, an Indonesian activist reported a ban on Christmas celebrations in his Muslim province, and uh, which is not unusual. A local, now, according to to the reports, um, he is known to be active in advocating for minority groups in Muslim majority provinces. He posted claims on Facebook. That local, you know, and Facebook, we see this time and time again. 
that they get on Facebook. Now, we're on MeWe, and we do get people from around the world on our MeWe. We have a number of them also that are on various other of the social feeds, and they're usually private, so no one knows what's going on. But at any rate, um, they posted claims on Facebook that local authorities banned a Catholic congregation from performing musical mass. But in fact, um, what happened was a local resident reported the police and led to a charge of the activist spreading hate speech. And the post was based upon evidence and facts, but the law is very subjective, according to his lawyer. The senior commissioner of local police said that the suspect's Facebook status is not in accordance with the facts. The proof was, however, on December 25th, the Christmas celebration was carried out. Now, see, the reason I'm bringing you this is because this is unusual. You know, Muslims, uh, we've reported this, and Hindus, uh, usually are persecuting Christians on Christmas. And to allow this congregation to celebrate Christmas... I mean that that that's good. They don't normally and yeah. there was an there was another where was that at? That was in Sudan because they overthrew the guy that was running it and they had asked we reported this last week, they had asked permission to have a little parade and and uh, uh for for the Lord and so they were parading around uh, praising Jesus and uh, that made the news as well, which was amazing because it's Sudan. Sudan has been nothing but trouble uh, for many, many, many years. And to see this and how happy they were just to praise the Lord. See, in, in America, we are so spoiled. You know, we don't think nothing of celebrating Christmas or Easter or whatever, you know, even the Feast of the Lord, whatever you want to celebrate. If you're in a Muslim country, they don't care. They, if you're a Christian, they don't want you to celebrate nothing. But in America, it's a different story. I can hear a lot of stuff going on. Really? There's nothing going yeah. on. I wonder what all that is. I don't hmm. know. I'm just moving. Shouldn't be able to hear me move. I don't know. That's weird. At any rate, anyway. another thing we want to talk about is this impeachment. Of course, Alan Dershowitz has been uh, there, and he was... Uh, uh, his basic stand is you can't charge a president with impeachable conduct if it doesn't fit within the criteria for the Constitution. He said that the articles of impeachment are two non-criminal actions, namely obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. And uh, George Stephanopoulos asked, is your position that President Trump should not be impeached even if the arguments laid out by the court are accepted as fact? And he said, that's right. When you have somebody who, for example, is indicted for a crime, let's assume you have a lot of evidence, but the grand jury simply indicts for something that's not a crime, and that's what's happened here. You have a lot of evidence, disputed evidence, that could go both ways, but the vote was to impeach on abuse of power, which is not within the constitutional criteria. That's uh, part of uh, Dershowitz's thing that is totally uh Illegal, but Jay Seculo is the one that I've listened to for a long time on this because he has it nailed to the wall. And of course, this whole thing is like a monkey show there, but thank God that they're in the Senate and they're taking this thing down the straight and narrow, and they've even got the justice correcting both sides, and we've got Jay Seculo at the front of it. 
So uh, the bottom line of it is, is that the Democrats need to need to know that they can't continue with what they're doing. And I don't care what the media says. I don't care what uh, Hollywood says. You know, what they've been doing to President Trump is a a damnation and an abomination. And those in the House that have been doing this uh, should be ashamed of themselves, but they're too proud, too foolish to understand what they have done. And uh, here at Warren Radio, we totally reject this type of law. We believe in the Constitution and all that it stands for and what we stand for as a nation. And what the Democrats are doing is totally totally against the constitutional uh, aspects of this and uh, Trump has done nothing wrong and the whole Russian collusion is full of baloney from the start and there is no proof of anything in spite of what these knuckleheads in the media refuse to admit and that's the bottom line most of them don't like him because of the way he takes them right on this is a guy that does as he as he you know, he'll just tell you what it's like and you don't like it. But I'm not here to defend Trump. He can take care of himself. He's got the people up there. But we, as far as justice, you know, I I don't rise and fall every day according to what the Democrats do or even the Republicans. Uh, we are here and we serve the Lord and we look to him. But we, una- we categorically uh, uh, condemn this monkey circus that's been going on for so long against Trump, even before he took office. There's been nothing but lies and deceit and jealousies and plotting to go on stopping. Nadler is absolutely wicked in what he's wanted to do. And when you get to uh, a lot of the other uh, uh, House members that are doing this, uh, they're shooting their mouth off without any proof, full of hatred and vileness. And this is absolute sin and despicable as far as we're concerned, and I condemn it categorically. And the Lord will heap judgment upon them for doing this. You mark my words, because what they're doing is anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Christ, and it is immoral to treat other human beings like this just out of sheer hatred. So woe unto you and to your house and to your leaders. The Lord will reward each and every one of you for what you have done. Make no mistake. He will do that. He does do that. And the judgment rests with him. And the justice may wait, but one way or another, it will find you. That's right. Amen. It It is. It is. It's, we need to... We're moving on. At any rate, another thing interesting that continues to come up is Putin, Russia, and Israel. And I noticed this some time ago when I always seen Netanyahu going to Russia to visit. And I found out some things that were rather interesting about him. And, you know, for instance, in the 75th commemoration of the liberation of Auschwitz death camp, That was where 1.41 million Jews were gassed to death during World War II, if you can believe that. That's That's amazing. It is. And it's part of the Fifth World Holocaust Forum, one of the largest events ever held. And, of course, that event's over with. But the thing of it is, uh, Putin's visit was his first in eight years. Then there was a new mini-crisis that happened, and this... Uh, you know, 
over the detention of Israelis who had traveled to Russian airports where they were questioned and their luggage was searched. And the move seemed to be a message to Israel over the barring of thousands of Russians for entering Israel each year because of security uh, considerations. And uh, they said Putin's attitude towards Israel is ambivalent. Well, see, I can believe it's ambivalent, but I also see that Putin and Netanyahu have seen and agreed on a number of things, including on Syria and other aspects when Putin was beginning to do that. Um, and on the other hand, he's allowed Israel to carry out as- airstrikes against Iran-related targets in Syria, um, despite their, the deployment of the S-300 missile shield, which is designed to shoot down incoming fighter jets, uh, except for Israel's F-35 stealth warplane. And, um, you know... We remember back when the alleged Israeli downing of a Russian reconnaissance plane over northwest Syria got a lot of heated thing, and Russia later absolved Israel. But the thing I found interesting is is that uh, uh, Putin has close ties to Jewish roots. Really? And, uh, yeah. Um Putin's parents were hardworking, very poor Russians who barely had enough money to feed their kid. This is history on him. The Jewish couple who helped him, though, um, on you know, uh, were the only ones that took care of him. There was other Russian families in in the building, but nobody did anything. And every time the Jewish neighbors noticed that the young Putin was home alone without food, they prepared him a decent meal, invited him to their Shabbat table. Uh, That's the Friday Shabbat, Friday evening. And so this exposed Putin to Jewish rituals and prayers because the couple kept Shabbat religiously. And they even bought clothes for the boy and made sure he wouldn't be without basic needs. Now, so when you look at Putin... This is interesting, because would he be willing to destroy Israel with those kind of roots? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. And the reason I That's bring this really up interesting. is, yeah, I bring this up because of the Ezekiel thirty-seven, thirty-eight scenario, which many put uh, Gog and Magog uh, as being part of Russia coming down. But if you've got Putin, who's the head of it, who happens to be uh you know, have a lot of roots uh, close to the Jews who saved his life. He may not be so thrilled with attacking Israel. So this is a point to consider in all of this as to uh, exactly who might uh, attack Israel. So we find this uh, really, really interesting. Yes, that is. That's good to hear. Well, I thought it was, and, and I always wondered uh you know why putin was always you know he was close to assad uh he was close to iran iran and assad are not necessarily well assad's not a friend of israel and iran is definitely, definitely not, not a friend. friend of israel no so how can russia help iran and still be a friend to Israel. That's the thing that you wonder about. 
And so, so now we know. Yeah, now we know. So another interesting thing is the Communist Party versus the church, which we can see. This relates to Pastor Wang Yi. Now, he's one of the ones, and he's not the only one. When we talk about um, the church that uh, the Communist Party agrees with, um, the salvation that they allowed the church to teach is through the Communist Party. And, see, the government wants the church to recognize the government in everything. They, they control their preaching, teaching, singing, and everything in those churches. But yet, they're free to be Christians, so, so-called. Um, Pastor Wang Yi is one of them, and there's many others who refuse to be part of the official church, and they become known as the underground church, except Wang Yi wasn't underground. He built a church. He was right in the face of the Communist Party because, as we've said before, there is many nations, North Korea, uh, China, India, Pakistan, who have on their charter, you know, their freedoms, that you can have freedom of religion. But having freedom of religion and actually able to walk in freedom of religion are two different things. And so Wang Yi, his church was destroyed. He got nine years, and his assistant pastor, I think, got four years. Everybody was forced to sign an agreement, and uh, they had to go back home. Uh, So this is what happened, and he's in prison now, and he wrote a charter challenging the Communist Party. So this is how the Communist government takes it. So when you talk about Christianity versus communism, or if you talk about Christianity even versus America or any other system, remember what the Lord said. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. We are not to be friends with the, with, the, with the Lord or the system. I'm not here as a watchman or a preacher for America. I'm here uh, assigned by the Lord, and that's it. And my salvation is not in America. It's not in any human being. It is in the Lord, live or die. That's the way it is. Amen. That's right. And so as we walk into the end of days, and if we ever get in our lifetime when the dark one appears and the mark of the beast happens, you're going to find real quickly what it's like to say, well, yes, I don't mind being like in the communist thing. I'll be in a Christian church, although we have to uh, adhere to the communist party. But see, when you take the mark of the beast, you're going to lose your soul. So there's coming a day when you're not going to be able to have one foot in the church and the other foot in hell, folks. They both got to be in heaven. Get off the fence. That's right. So uh, we do have another one, and and I put this in here because we've been seeing a rash of just horrific things going on. There was another one today where a young girl who was a young mother of three who was on methamphetamines. uh, And uh, her picture shows it looks like she was demon-possessed. And uh, it ended up that the cops found out 
and went to her home. They found all three of her young children killed, murdered by the mother. They had been uh, smothered to death. She had been scratched real badly by the oldest one when she was trying to kill him because he fought her. Uh, And there's no word as to why she did it. Possessed, of course, but this is what's no, happening. I just this, can't even imagine doing that. That's... No, I can't yeah. either. But see, the thing of it is, when you do not have the Lord, you're under the power of darkness. That's it. You don't like that? I can't help it. That's the way it is. You choose who's going to be your God, either darkness or the Lord Jesus Christ, light. So Tower is going to cover this drugs, And yeah. then you get into drugs, and it's opens you up to spirits and demonic, That's you know, right. to demonic spirits, and you have no control. You lose control of everything. All your functions are gone. Yeah. Spiritual, mental. So anyway, this story comes to us um, it's out of the United States. It's in the state of Utah, and this this murder is very shocking. A boy, a boy, a boy, armed with a gun, killed three children and a woman inside a Utah home. And this happened last Friday. And um, apparently, somebody came to the house, discovered the what was going on, took him and the fifth victim to the hospital. That the fifth victim had been shot, but he is um, expected to recover. They're, the police are trying to piece together what happened, who's related to who, or what the relationship is with these people that were murdered and the survivor. And it doesn't say how old the boy is, but it says a boy, so you can, he's young, he's not a teenager. The boy faces 10 charges, the most serious being aggravated homicide. And so police will not release his identity because he's been charged as a juvenile and he's the only suspect. His relationship to the victims is not immediately clear. Nobody knows why it happened, how it happened. But the woman, excuse me, the um, person who drove them to the hospital was not involved in the shooting, but the boy was arrested at the hospital and taken into custody. So this is just horrible. So he's probably, he could be 12 or under. This is and he ki- very he, tragic. He killed, he killed three children and a woman, right? Yeah, yes. Two girls, a boy, and a woman. And he went inside a Utah home. And we don't know if it was his home. Or if the neighbor's home, or no, it doesn't. It doesn't say that. That you know, I mean, this is really a weird story. But you know, the the bottom line, we cover this because, folks, if you don't raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, they're open to everything and anything. Especially with this uh, internet. Yeah. And and the godless shows. I'll tell you, in surveying various shows. And I do do monitor some of the shows online, and they are absolutely nothing but filth and garbage. 
Now, there's a few good ones, but there are a lot of very, very dark, demonic, murderous, bloody things that are being revealed as movies for people to watch. And then if it's not that, it can be comedies revealing abnormal and and deviant behaviors and sins that are okay. And so all of these things pattern a brain, especially young mind. They're just tragic. You're losing your kids. It just amazes me. Oh, it's horrible. It's sad. So young, he didn't even know what he was doing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and maybe he didn't. You know, CBN came up with a story they were talking about. um, And they were talking about the fact that Erdogan has been expanding his outreach. Of course, he's been in Syria. And when... ISIS first went into Syria, and they got up to the town of Kobani. It was the Kurds, along with a few others, that helped them. And uh, Erdogan, who hates the Kurds in this part of Syria, known as um, Rojava, and uh, you see, they were over in Kobani, and uh, I remember the pictures. We were covering this at the time, and the pictures... Uh, from Turkey showed Turkish tanks lining the border over Kobani. They weren't firing. They were waiting for Kobani to be destroyed by ISIS. That's what they were hoping for. But in fact, they didn't get destroyed. Obama helped them out with airstrikes. And in fact, the Kurds not only ran them out, they were crucial in defeating ISIS in all of Syria and even in Iraq. Crucial. Yet, America and NATO, among others, allowed Turkey to go into this portion of Syria and run out the Kurds and the Christians and the Yazidis and others who had taken up with the Muslims there, the Kurds who had created a new state of peace, and he took it over. Ran them out, and now they're homeless out in parts of uh, yeah. uh, Iraq. But the bottom line of it is, is that he always hated it. And and of course, what this tells us is he's expanding, and he wants to expand his border. And and the borders he's looking at extends all the way into <clears throat> Iraq as well. And so it's not just uh, Syria we're talking about. He's trying to expand, and it looks like the old borders of the Ottoman Empire. And, of course, uh, CBN picked up on this, and they were talking about Israel uh, had included Turkey in its annual threat assessment report. And, of course, we get uh, news from uh, Debka, which is a secure uh, security-type newspaper, about what's happening in in the region. So even Israel looks at uh, Erdogan's expansion with uh, trepidation here. So we we have a lot of things going on here. And the fact that uh, uh, Erdogan is a NATO member and nobody does anything when when this guy invades a country is just absolutely shocking. He shouldn't even be a NATO member. They should have pulled back his NATO membership. But even... 
even America can't do nothing because our nukes are in. We have we have missiles that are in uh, Turkey. Uh, we have them there because they're on the air base that we're at. And there's a lot of Americans in Turkey. So if we take on Erdogan, then we have a lot to lose. Uh, and so I yes, don't know what do. America is going to do, but that's a poor excuse. But that's that's literally what we have going on there. So uh, this is a very, very troubled area. There's a lot of displaced Christians in that whole area throughout there. It's just a mess. And uh, when you get in Gaddafi's uh, former region, Libya, that's a mess as well. So you have Libya. Syria, Iraq, and even Afghanistan, all four of those countries, it is absolutely detrimental to Christians who are there and other religions and faiths, and even for Muslims who don't want to be so radicalized because there are murderers running around in the name of jihad everywhere in these nations. And so while we talk about all this tonight, there's a lot of things that we have to understand. Uh, Open doors. And, of course, uh, Tower and I have been covering this a lot. I talked about the Open Doors 2020 World Watch List. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But the fact of it is they made note in a new, uh, new post. They were talking about the 2020 World Watch List. Uh, that every day eight Christians are killed for the decision to follow Jesus Christ. Um, Oh, dear God, that's horrible. And see, James mentions something in James 5. And how many times have we read this in this context and not understood what he said? But the last, the last two verses of his context, I mean, uh, the verses one through five is a context. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanting. You have nourished your hearts as a day of slaughter. Now, before that, he talks about the gold and the things that these rich men are doing. And then he goes on to say, you have condemned and killed the just, and he does not resist you. That's what James said so long ago. And so the point is this. There are just people And when they're killed, they don't resist. And if you follow, you know, in India, in Pakistan, uh, in the Sudan, a lot of times, although there was a war, um, and a lot of other areas, Christians are slaughtered and murdered, and they don't resist. That's right. And, And again, we're taken back to... Revelation 12:11 They overcame by the blood of the lamb the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death. These people do not resist being killed. They stand up for Christ, they will not kill, and they will get murdered and they will die. And that's what James is saying. You have condemned them and killed them. He does not resist you. That's why you have nursed your hearts as in the day of slaughter, because one day the Lord's coming and he's going to do the same to you. So uh, this is this is the truth about persecution. And of course, when we start talking about the persecution, 
um, our top nations. I made a short list of them. Tower, see if you can add any. North Korea, China, Afghanistan, Nigeria, Pakistan, India, Syria, Iraq, Iran, and Sudan. Burkina Faso Nigeria? and the Congo. Yeah, Nigeria. Was Nigeria said on that? Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, of those, the one that really stands out, although North Korea is the worst, we don't get many stories out of there. China uh, didn't used to be in there that much, but they had persecuted Christians, so they're in there. Afghanistan, not much stories come out of there. But Nigeria, Pakistan, India, and Syria all have and Iran have a lot of stories of persecuted Christians coming out of them, Mm -hmm. just to name a few. That's right. So remember to pray for the persecuted church. Remember to give to ministries that are helping on the ground overseas ministries and peoples that need help. This is uh, a statement that Open Doors made. Tonight, by the time you lie down to sleep, eight people will have died for their decision to follow Jesus. That's a staggering and sobering statistic. Now, see, we're back in Nigeria again. And Morning Star News ran this. And every time I see this, it just gets me, Tower. Why can't they stop this stuff? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't either. It's just like, why don't somebody? Where is the army? Where are the nations? Nobody, you know, everybody's worried about Trump. Yeah. The bottom line of it is we have people dying all over the world. And here in Nigeria, they're being slaughtered. And nobody does nothing, nothing. Yeah, all the time. More than 200 Muslim Fulani herdsmen. The the Fulani, that's, and I was telling you earlier, Fulani, guess what? That's who Buhari is. He's a Fulani. And what is he? He's the president of Nigeria. Has he done anything? Well, it don't look like it. Because week after week, we report this, we talk about this, and they continue to get killed. And the only thing that's going to stop these herdsmen is to round them up and throw their butts in jail or shoot them dead as a doornail. That's the only thing they understand. But nobody defends these poor people. Yeah. And so in Christian villages in southern Kadunasade in there in Nigeria, and this is since the beginning of the year, this year, there was at least 35 people and kidnappings of 58 others and a mother and her six-month-old baby. So they killed 35 people. They kidnapped another 58. They came in on motorcycles armed with AK-47s. They went through 10 Christian villages. And one particular uh, pastor said, the herdsmen have destroyed our farmlands and left us with nothing. These Muslim Fulani herdsmen will usually come with their cattle, 
forcefully take over our farms and destroy crops ready for harvest. As it is now, we don't know where to go, what to feed on, or what, what, where do we get clothes to wear, especially for our children, and worst of all, where to lay our heads. That's horrible. That is just unconscionable, the way they, what they do to those people. And then they call them, or they, after these people have been traumatized and displaced by the violence, depossessed of their farmlands and homelands, they receive calls demanding thousands of dollars. Well, here we have 35 people who have been killed, 58 who have been abducted. And according to reports, 8,000 people have been displaced by the attacks. The children are sick. I mean, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And and when you look at it, you just get to the point that you just say something has to be done. Did you hang up on me? No, I didn't. I got disconnected. Yeah, I don't know why. It's probably, I, I couldn't tell you. So at any anyway, rate. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, well, that's okay because I just filled in some blanks here because you know, when we cover these, we cover this for a reason, to let people know what's going on. But you know how irritating it is to report this and find the same people, you know, the same thing going on. We find it in different different regions. But see, it's not just Muslim radicals. In India, we find Hindu radicals. In China, it's the Communist Party. In North Korea, it's Kim Jong-un and his government. You see, and then when you get up in Turkey, it's Assad, I mean, Erdogan and his people. When you get up in Putin's area, which is controlling religion as well, it's Putin and his government. When you get into um, Libya, Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan... Each one of those uh, sections have governments that are totally unstable now because of the wars. You know, America went into Afghanistan. America went into uh, uh, Iraq. And, of course, you know, you had Gaddafi killed. You had uh, Saddam Hussein killed. Uh, You had the government in Afghanistan overthrown. You've got the Taliban there who continues to make war in Afghanistan. You have now Syria who is in uh, Iraq trying to take over control. They're also in Syria along with Putin's Russia. You've got a mess. Everywhere you go, people are waiting to kill people. And people are getting oppressed throughout the entire region. And what this is doing is setting up the world for the coming of the dark one. Because I guarantee you people will follow him. The deception is coming and the world is in chaos. But there is hope in these places. Because if you know the Lord, no matter what happens, you're going to be with him. And so... uh, we were going to do another one, but we're coming down 
to the end. You know, the bottom line of it is, I think, here, Tower, and that is, again, I, I, I think of America and how comfortable and spoiled we are, as well as the West. If you look at the Western nations, they're the same way. You know it? Mm-hmm. It, it astounds me daily that the, this kind of persecution is going on and nobody's doing anything to stop it. Well, you know, you can't ask the the knuckleheaded media we have because the only thing they report on is is Trump. Their number one yeah, goal. Trying to dis- yeah, it's trying to destroy Trump. You know, it's like, is that all the news you ding-dongs can come up with? <laughs> oh, excuse me. You know, yeah, we've got important issues bizarre. here. You know, right. if, if the Democrats would have been trying to help things all along, we could have gotten a lot more done for America and for the world. It just amazes me how one-sided, how idiotic, and how stupidly wicked we are in the West. Because you've got people getting slaughtered around the world. And one of the largest nations on earth, China, has one of the world's largest concentration camps filled with other Muslims. And you have them constantly cracking down on Christian faith in China. And yet we want to do business and trade with China. Yeah. It's nuts. It is. The whole thing is nuts. So at any rate, I want to remind you to go to our websites, warn-usa.com, danaglennsmith.com. Be sure to check us out on MeWeUSA.life. You can check us out on Instagram. You can check us out on Pinterest. Uh, you can check us out on all of our Twitter feeds. You can check us out on Tumblr. Um, <laughs> and then we have all kinds of places where the show is broadcast. And so um, it, you can listen to it on any number of apps, not just one app. we got tons of apps that you can hear us on. So anywhere around the world, if if they get uh, the Internet, you shouldn't have any problem listening to the shows at all. Yeah, that's right. Worldwide. So at any rate, we're going to have to get out of here. Okay, be sure to join us tomorrow night for Battle Lines and Part 39. What is it, Part 36? 32, 35? 33, part 33 of Isaiah, and um, please pray for your brethren that are being persecuted, and give to ministries that are, if you're able to give, give to the ministries that are on the ground helping, and we thank you for listening, thank you for joining us, we love you, we pray for you, may God richly bless you for all you do for him, good night everybody. Yes, good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.